by showing up with a glad heart and a wondering mind, you will be pressed into situations where there will be serendipities, coincidences, happy accidents that will lead to breakthroughs and a totally different lifestyle. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live. My answers to fellow adventurers questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took five, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, happy Monday. Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up. Let's veer away from talking about politics. Oh my gosh, that's a bumpy ride based on your feedback. Uh, not everybody's in the same boat. Let's talk about something that does affect all of us right now, wherever you are in the world, your dreams, life, and where they intersect. Mike, <clears throat> can you please shed light on the following puzzle? Being torn between following an inner calling and regular life pulling you in another direction. You know that pull. There's no wrong choice, but still, it's one or the other that takes priority. And that last sentence, adding clarification to the question, is where I think there's a slippery slope. I want to talk about this from two angles. And we're talking about your dreams versus your life. Why are they the same? Why, why are we viewing them as different, is what I meant to say. Uh, we're going to look at this in two ways. First, the vision. And second, what to do about it. The vision is the problem as the question is posted because there need not be a dream life and a regular life. One person's dream life is another person's regular life and one person's regular life is another person's ultimate dream. And if we have these stark differences, like it's either or, it's this or the other, which, what's my priority? We create a division. And until we are on the side of living our dreams, full-blown living our dreams, every day is a failure. Every day is not enough. Every day is, I didn't step forward into it. And that's not the way it needs to be looked at. Look at it as one and the same. Your life is your dream. That you're alive in this bastion of order, perfection everywhere, colors, sights, sounds, textures, aromas, love, Oh my gosh, your power over it all. Oh my gosh. And whether you're out there orchestrating um, your music career or your medical career or your life of service or nine to five, it's all this, it's all a banquet. It's a feast. It's a celebration. It's fleeting. It's fleeting. While you are indeed eternal and, and you will never run out of adventures, this one experience today as you, with your beliefs and your extraordinary worldviews, it's fleeting. So make hay and do not create this distinction of, you know, me now and the life of my dreams. Because as I've shared before, blessed with a divine sense of incompletion, you are blessed with always feeling a little bit incomplete. This is the gift of the gods. You will always stretch and stretch and stretch. This is going to keep God expanding in joyful abundance and brand new experiences. If you're putting off your happiness or you're grading yourself as a failure until the dream comes true, when the dream comes true, you're still going to be incomplete and you're going to know what else you want. And then you're going to know what else you want. So the, the equation here, the question here, if I may say, is broken in that it presupposes that you're not living your dream now. You are. And even the nine to five job, I wish I didn't choose those words, even a nine. And nine to five job is a nine to five dance, a dance with the divine, a dance with other people, a dance with yourself. It, it shows you your untapped potential. It helps you deal with your lions, tigers, and bears and, and arrive at a place of clarity. It helps you to fall in love. Your nine to five dance does. So now let's talk about action, what to do about this. Because you know the quandary. I mean, you're being pulled, feeling incomplete. 
there's a dream out there waiting for you and you're not that yet, yet there, but you, you have this desire for so much more. So how do you take action? Uh, I can go from my own experience, not that I'm an expert, but I have always gently leaned into it. Contrary to the final sentence of that question where you got to pick your priority, you do not got to pick your priority. Most of the time when it comes to how a dream will come true, you don't know how. And even if you think you know how, don't attach to the how because you exclude other ways. That doesn't mean don't keep showing up. How do you show up? Doing what you're doing, your normal, regular life. Because by showing up with a glad heart and a wondering mind, you will be pressed into situations where there will be serendipities, coincidences, happy accidents that will lead to breakthroughs and a totally different lifestyle. And so in your day-to-day -day life, beginning right now, just lean into it. Like wonder, what else could I try while I'm doing this? Maybe it's a web search. Maybe it's a side business. Maybe it's begin painting finally or take up dance or spend more time in nature. How can I lean into these things? Start journaling. Start your automatic writing program. Lean into it while you continue to live your rocking life. Not putting off a definition for success until the dream comes true. Not putting off your happiness uh, until you feel complete because neither of those things will ever happen. You will always want stuff that you don't yet have. Want stuff, don't have it. Too many people think that's failure. That's not failure. That's the mark of the divine within your heart and soul. It's okay that you want stuff. Be happy as you want stuff. And then as you lean into it, you try several different things at the same time. I, I can remember 22 years ago at the dark night of my soul, I was sending out my accountant's resume. I was sending out my financial expert's resume. I made up a bunch of different resumes for a bunch of different professions. And I sent them out to a bunch of different folks as I wrote, as I dabbled with the internet, as I went to Toastmasters meetings. And I didn't know which one of these was going to break through. I kind of thought I'd go back into the corporate world, but they wouldn't have me. So I ended up doing more and more stuff on my own and getting more and more lit up about it and stretching farther and farther. And ultimately world tours and 16, 17 books, lost track of them. And it's like, oh my God, it's the life of my dreams. And it came from living in the moment, in the day, dealing with what's on your plate. Maybe it's a nine to five job. Just to deviate a little more, share my story. After university, Pricewaterhouse, certified public accountant, an auditor, a tax person, the entire time I was with them, I was dreaming about not being with them. I was dreaming about being an entrepreneur. I was dreaming about doing my own thing. I was dreaming about writing books and speaking and uh, the possibility for all of those things. But it wasn't all or nothing. And I dabbled and I did write and I did think and I did wonder. And then I asked people and I, to the best of my ability, I enjoyed my life while I had a nine to five. So I was constantly exploring as you can constantly be exploring and inching myself closer and closer to greater and greater fulfillment. And in the end, I am the entrepreneur. I am still the accountant of my own little business. I am the writer. I am the speaker. And, and all of those things morphed into something with notes from the universe that I could never have imagined in the beginning. So you're on the right path. You're already a success. You deserve all that you want. And you ought to give yourself permission to be happy today. And you will see that the path you're on will lead you into a life of fulfillment and joy and incompleteness, the divine gift of the gods that will perpetually have you stretching and becoming more in joy, not putting off your happiness. All right, see them as one and the same. Your dreams and your life today, nine to five, whatever it is, it's all a setup for expansion. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up. By the way, the three fingers, thoughts become things, right? The end-all and be-all of living the life of your dreams. Today's question is about just that. Living deliberately, creating consciously, choosing what you want to manifest, and knowing when to never surrender versus knowing when to let it go. There's a, a lesson here that, to my surprise, most do not speak on. Let's look at the reveal. Mike, when manifesting, 
Other teachers say, do not attach to the outcome. That's your problem. You're attaching to the outcome. You're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. Do not attach to the outcome. That's not necessarily what I say. Can you explain this? Because surely if you want to manifest $10,000, then you receive $10,000. Is this not attaching to the outcome? Great, great question. Where most folks do not spend time uh, in living deliberately, understanding the mechanics, is, is most teachers don't speak about how to choose outcomes how to choose outcomes. Not all outcomes are the same. Not all dreams are the same. Not all desires are the same. Some you attach to others, hands off, no way, Jose, don't go there. Too often, when people just learn about living deliberately, creating consciously, metaphysics, law of attraction, they want to go out and micromanage their manifestations. And they think if they don't think of it, if it doesn't pass through their mind, they can't have it, which is so untrue. So they go out there and try to manifest every bell and whistle, the frosting on the cake. Who's going to say what to when, to whom and where and when. And they want to micromanage their life. They're messing with the unimportant right off the bat. Now, mixed in with their micromanagement, for them, there are very important reasons. Ultimately, they want happiness. But they think... They need to figure out the logistical way they're going to get to happiness and manifest every step on the path, which is not how it goes. And when things don't go the way they want, because they're trying to make somebody behave a certain way, that never works. Because they're trying to force how a dream will come true, that never works. Because they're putting their dream on a timeline, that might not work. All of a sudden, because other thoughts, beliefs, mass manifestations get involved and get in their way, they think they're not good at it. They're like, oh man, I need more courses. Oh man, I need more teaching. Oh man, they're awesome. You're awesome. We're natural born manifestors. But when we try to micromanage, we're in the thick of the soup. And with 60,000 thoughts a day that each of us think, we can't know exactly if we have a clear path towards that $10,000 or towards Babette or Bruno or Trixie. We can't know. But when we step back a little bit and we change our sights and we're no longer trying to put every bell and whistle on the path at the right time with the right people and we go big picture, we go to happiness, abundance, creative rocking livelihood, friends, laughter, joy, healing, health, harmony, pain-free living, all of those things I just stated, go back, rewind, all of those are solid gold as far as outcomes, desires, dreams. Go there and attach. Know what your priorities are. Settle for nothing less. You are the reason the sun rose today, brothers and sisters. And if you want more joy, if you want pain-free living, if you want Romeo to come sweep you off your feet, just don't say, insist on who Romeo will be. The universe knows everyone. You know about 12 people, right? Okay, give the universe infinite latitude. Just say, I want to be swept off my feet by somebody like Romeo or better. And now the universe has total play. When you go to those rocking end results that I just named, and the ultimate is happiness. When you go to happiness, the universe is like, oh, you want to be happy. You want to be crazy happy. You want to be crying happy tears happy on your feet, dancing happy. I know how to make you that happy. We need some friends in your life. We need some creativity. We need some um, expression on the outside. We need to start your own business. We need to get so-and-so in on the game. We need some international travel. We need a new house. The universe knows how to bring you those bells and whistles. The universe does the micromanaging. You pick the end result. South Beach, Miami. The universe is like, I know how to get there because I'm the ultimate GPS guidance navigational system on planet Earth. You tell the universe what and it will show you how. You do not tell the universe how. If you tell the universe how, you slam shut the door on all other possibilities. If your desired outcome is a how, oh, I want my book to be published, so that is how I'm going to live in wealth and abundance and Oprah will love it. You have stated that your real desire is wealth and abundance, 
but how you're going to get there is the book. Now you're focusing on the book. You've slammed shut the door to all other ways wealth and abundance can reach you. This, we do the same thing with relationships. We do the same thing with everything it is we want when we mess with the cursed hows. Do not go to the hows. Go to those golden end results I gave you a little while ago. And then the universe is like, you want happy? You want crazy woo-woo happy? Oh, then we got to fix that pain in your left knee. You want crazy woo-woo happy? Then we're going to make your skin complexion uh even smoother and silkier and more wonderful. You want to be crazy, woo-woo happy? And it knows what would make you happy. The great irony here is people think, well, if I want happy, I'm settling for less. No, happiness does not imply that you have to be happy with this and no changes. Don't think the universe is going to say, oh, you want happy and pain-free. You didn't tell me pain-free. Oh, you want happy and a friend? How could I know you want a friend if you didn't tell me? You want happy and to get out of debt? How can I know you wanted to get out of debt if you don't? If you want happy, it means you're pain-free with friends out of debt. You go to the big picture of the universe says, I know what we got to do to make you that happy. And then you show up in your life with a glad heart, moving towards friendship, moving towards abundance, move just lightheartedly without attachment to any path person, time frame in the world, you're only attached to joy or pain-free living or these other golden end results. And, the, and then you show up in the general direction, not attached to what you're showing up doing, but you're going to give your all, you're going to give your best, you're going to show up day after day with a happy heart, prepare to be astounded, utterly astounded. This is how miracles are performed and you're a black belt judo PhD miracle maker. Right, you got this. You've been doing it your whole life. You've just been messing with the cursed house, attaching to the wrong stuff. So back to the question, attach and insist. Uh, what should I attach to? What shouldn't I attach to the broad brush qualities where you want your life to take off? Attach to your high priorities. Let them be stated in terms of wealth and abundance, joy, rocking relationships, family life, peace, clarity, whatever. And then show up, show up, show up. Let the universe connect all the dots. Don't you go out there connecting all the dots. Do attach to the big picture value. Never attach to the bells and the whistles. Visualize the bells and the whistles. Get that emotional excitement. Oh my gosh, there's going to be frosting on the cake. Oh my gosh, frosting all over Bruno. Oh my gosh, these things are going to be popping. But then surrender to actual, the actual details that show up that will pave the way for the big picture transformation. It's really easy, okay? Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Happy hump day. Great question here. Why do we forget? When will we, we remember? Mike, if I'm here now, I must have chosen once again to forget and experience another adventure. What really happens when we die? Do we all at some point choose to stop forgetting and stay to experience what's on the other side? And does that experience become real to us like our current reality to us right now is? Thank you. All right, there's a lot of juice here and a lot of great news here. So let me uh, go back to the top of this question and pause as I answer different segments of it. Mike, if I'm here now, I must have chosen once again to forget and experience another adventure. Oh, yes, you did. That's exactly what's going on. We all chose to come here with amnesia. We wanted to forget that we were everywhere always at once so that we could fully be who we now are, thinking, believing that we are this limited speck in a vast universe so that we can believe in here versus there. Really, we're everywhere at once. Now versus then. It's all happening simultaneously. Have versus have not. You only have. Have, have, and more have. But to have these dichotomies, to have this objective uh, landscape, suddenly you are gripped with the ultimate luxury, the ultimate treasure of these sacred jungles of time and space. Passion, emotion, Fear, desire, those things don't exist in divine mind when you're always everywhere at once. But here, 
fleetingly for just a blink, which is a lifetime. Even if a lifetime is a million years, it's a blink to eternity. For just a blink, you can believe in the illusions to have this incredible adventure where you have not, but you go out into the world to have. And in the world, there's lions and tigers and bears. And then you get taken up a whole nother level and there's love and you fall in love and there's adventure and there's intrigue and there's fear and there's ugliness and there's so much that bends your mind. But in the blink of an eye, you wake up and you realize you're in the palm of God's hand and you were always safe and all is well and will be forever and ever. This is a fleeting, fleeting, brief, temporary adventure. Not to make light of it and not to diminish it. It's real. It's real in its own sense. Like a nighttime dream is real when you're in the dream. In hindsight, you're like, oh, it's just a dream. Same thing with life here. Not to minimize it, not to detract from its beauty, its awesomeness, its importance. Um, the importance is that we love and we learn and we, we come together and we discover our power. So yes, if you're here, it's because you chose to be here, leaping from on high, where you were everywhere always at once, to momentarily experience limitation. Because limitation is where the game is at. Now, the limitations can be transcended, and we'll go there in just a minute. But without transcending them, there's so much awesomeness and love and glory and possibilities and comfort and snuggles and roses and dolphins and puppy dog tails. It's like, oh my God, what an adventure you chose. All right, so, Mike, what really happens then when we die? Well, no one has ever said this better in my entire life than my niece, Sarah, who said, Mommy, I know what happens when you die. And she was about four years old in the back of the car. I said, Mommy, you go back to normal. Oh, who could touch that answer, right? You go back to normal, where you came from, up on high, in the palm or the heart of the divine. You go back to normal where everything's easy breezy. You're everywhere always at once. There's only love. And after you're there for a little while, you're like, OMG, that was such a dream. I, I thought I was this tall, bald guy. I thought I was good at math. I thought I was bad at the arts. I thought... I thought I was all alone. I thought life was happening to me and I was happening to life. Hey, let's go back. Let's go back, okay? We'll be best friends. Uh, I'll follow you. You'll follow me. We'll be on Facebook, Instagram. We'll remind each other of the truth. We'll remind each other of who we really are while we play out our adventures in love, bathed in love, showered in love, where there will always be love everywhere as long as we have the fortitude and the wisdom to seek it out. And if we want to find love, we will always be able to find love. If we want to know that we are doing well, we will always know that we are doing well, that we will be safe and we're going to remember that. And in the blink of an eye, we'll be back there and be like, oh my God, what a hoot. I saw you on Facebook, man. I was the one poking you. Do they still do poking on Facebook? I don't think so. So oh, also when you, when you go to the other side, you, you go back to normal. And you see what a hoot that was. And then you're like, oh, wow, you know, I got so afraid of such and such. You know, lightning, frogs, snakes, uh, different kinds of people. I felt so inadequate and insecure when it came to stepping up into the light. I think I'm going to go back and see if I can work on that. Because, boy, it would even be more fun if I had a little bit more confidence. But I'm going to go have to make that happen for myself. Nobody's going to give it to me. I don't want anybody to give it to me. I know I'm co capable of doing this. I'm God Almighty. And so there is a life review. Uh, there's no hell. There's no judgment. There's no condemnation. There's no penance. There's no penalties. There's just you and a new worldview and rehabilitation and the angels and the divine. And it's like all so good. And after the review, you choose a stage for its likely probabilities where you will learn and enjoy love and be loved in ways that you'd like to experience all over again. Mike, do we at some point choose to stop forgetting and stay to experience what's on the other side? A couple things here. The question implies that at least for now, this is normal and everything on the other side is, you know, fleeting and temporary and ethereal. 
No, this is not normal. This is a fleeting blip, a little blip in eternity. And we go back to normal, where we don't forget anything, where we remember everything, where we remember that we knew it all when we chose to be here and chose to have amnesia just for that brief little dream on planet Earth. So it's not like we have to struggle to go back and will we remember there the lights are on and the light is love and it's all so groovy. And from there, you're going to want to come back here. Even the people who are like, no, I'm not going to go back to planet Earth. You're going to want to come back. You're going to be like, oh my God, it was so beautiful. And it was even more beautiful than I allowed myself to see. What if I could see even more of the beauty? And what if I just go back for a, a little, you know, hundred years? Oh, I can do that. I've got billions and trillions and zillions of years on my hands. Uh, and so you're back and here you are and, and it's worth it and it's going to be worth it and you're going to be so glad you did. Here's the other thing that I wanted to speak to. Being here is accentuated and the game is fully on because of the amnesia. Okay, And there's so much to enjoy because of the amnesia, believing in the fleeting lies of time and space and matter. Okay, They're lies, but man, they're juicy ones and they make so much possible like the emotions I was talking about. But after a while, there's another game if you want to play. There's another game besides just loving and being loved and going out there and listening to your favorite music and walking through the woods and body surfing and Hawaii or whatever. There's another game, and this is the game that you came here to play right now. This is what Ascension's all about. The Age of Aquarius is all about. This is the rising vibrations. This is what that's all about. This is December 21, 2012, when a brand new calendar began. And now, with vi raising vibrations, something new is on deck, and that is our ability, which is increasing every single day to actually wake up within the illusions without transcending them, without dispersing them, without having to die and go to the other side. It's not going to be all or nothing the way it's been heretofore. This is a quote from the Seth material dictated by Jane Roberts. Seth said, you can come awake from your normal waking state. And that is the natural next step for consciousness to follow. The evolution of consciousness is our dive into these sacred jungles of time and space, forgetting everything, thinking life is happening to us, lions and tigers and bears, and then slowly realizing we are happening to life. And there's a law of attraction and whatever we vibrate, we receive. And then all of a sudden we have our power, we can direct the love, we can play. But beyond manifestation, beyond manifestation, not to take away from manifestation, and this doesn't negate manifestation, there will always be manifestation. There's only you and more you in the world after all. But beyond manifestation is an additional awareness that you can wake up within the dream. This is self-realization. This is awakening the Christ consciousness within. This is what Jesus, Buddha, and several others have done. This is what probably hundreds or maybe a few thousands, uh, I'm guessing, since the dawn of time have done. But now, with vibrations changing on planet Earth, it has been prophesied by many of the most astute, profound channels living today that in the next couple of decades, Millions of people, it's going to be you, millions will wake up within the dream. They will ascend their consciousness. They will activate their light body. They will be able to activate latent portions of the physical being using their full brain, being able to do all kinds of like really wild, juicy stuff within time and space without having to die and go on the other side where that stuff is, you know, same old, same old, every day, every day for trillions of years. We can do it here. I'm going to be sharing more and more on this kind of stuff in the near future, but uh, I just thought I'd whet your appetite right here. Oh, it's so exciting where we're going. The final part of this question, Mike, does the experience become real to us 
on the other side like this feels real. Yeah, it's going to be real here and there and we can be in both places at the same time. I would just like to say, don't let the adventure of life be heavy, okay? It doesn't need to be heavy. That's part of the puzzle. You can realize you change your vibe and reality will mirror that back to you. And if you can start finding peace here, you'll find peace there. If you find wealth here, you'll find money there. If you find love here, you'll find love everywhere. And then as you realize you are this creator, you can start creating that resonance where you are vibrating at a level of realization activation. You become all that a human being could ever become within these sacred jungles of time and space and thereby be a light to others at this time where we are, where we are emerging into the light. Okay, lots to look forward. Stay tuned. More coming. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Happy Thursday. Time for a spiritual tune-up. And today's question is a synthesis of multiple questions um, that reveal how sometimes confusing awesome metaphors can be. Uh, Mike, is manifesting all about the feeling? Well, yes, compared to all about the thinking, um, but no, there's so much more. Further, Mike, can the universe really give me inspiration and discipline to achieve my goal of writing a novel? Um, the universe doesn't give you anything. There's the metaphor there. Uh, so you don't feel like you're alone. But it's all about what you give yourself, what vision you can hold on to. And I'll, I'll go deeper on that in just a second. Continuation. Mike, is feeling like it has already happened? the key, or is there more? Is it all about the feeling? Um, feeling, again, more important than just thinking, but uh, there's so much more that's necessary. Always going right to the core of the situation, uh, waking up in the dream of life. There's you and more you. The only question ever is, can you give it to yourself? There is no universe out there uh, like some Tinkerbell, some lolly jolly um, external being from yourself. There's you. You descended from the universe. You are the universe come alive. And this is the best news ever because if you want it, you can have it. Because you want it, you're the greater. So go for it. But realize it's you who gives it to yourself. And there's a little dynamic here that makes it so easy. You don't have to wait for the universe to love you. You don't have to wait for the universe to, to uh, you know, find rainbows and unicorns. You just have to decide it's already done. This is how you give it to yourself. Just like you give yourself your nighttime dreams. Does the universe give you your nighttime dreams? You just go and it's automatic. Just like life is automatic. And it's in alignment with your thoughts, your beliefs, your expectations, in a word, your feelings, but there's so much more. And your feelings need to be congruent with your behavior, your actions, your words. So your assignment to give whatever your heart desires to yourself is to go to the desired end result, in this case, writing your book. Whatever that end result requires, you're working backwards like GPS navigation, you know where you are, you know where you want to go, you put the destination into the system, the completed book, and the universe figures out the time, the space, the courage, the creativity, the discipline, the inspiration, all of the tangibles, and all of the intangibles, all that's necessary to work around your invisible limiting beliefs. You hold on to the end result and life morphs around you in incremental ways, imperceptible to the physical senses, so it always seems like it's not working. But if you hold on to the vision in spite of evidence to the contrary, it has to happen. It never fails. You will be giving it to yourself. So hold on to the vision and then however outlandish, impractical, or impossible it may seem to be. Continue visualizing it as if it's already happened. Speak about it, at least to yourself in the bathroom mirror, 
as if it already happened. This is why gratitude is so powerful. Not because God's glad that you're grateful. There is no God out there judging you. Um, It's because you're putting out that resonance, that feeling of, I have received. Thank you, thank you. It was so easy. I have received, I have received. It was so easy. And that energy will go out and feed into the logistics that brings your thoughts to be the things and events of your life. Remember, when I say it's you who gives it to you, there's so much more to you than you realize. So much more than the mortal self. You are God Almighty. You are the eyes and the ears of the divine. Not to externalize it. There goes another metaphor that's subject to misinterpretation. You're not alone. You're everyone. You're everywhere. You're always at once. I think there's a new movie with that title, right? It's getting a lot of press lately. Everywhere, always at once. Anyway, hold on to the vision. Define the vision. Fantasize about the vision. Speak about the vision. Behave as if you know it was inevitable. Even if playful baby steps. Even if acting as if it happened six months ago, so now you're going to go buy a new lamp for that cool car uh, or whatever. Uh, buy the buy the the accessories for the big dream. If you can't afford the big dream, can you afford a few of the success, accessories? I remember I wanted to buy a boat, couldn't afford a boat, so I went out to a boat store and bought the little coolies to hold my beer for when I had a boat to keep it cold, and that made me feel like a boat owner. And I was in a boat store where other people shopped who had boats. And I was like, I wonder what kind of boat they have. I wonder if they wonder what kind of boat I have. I was like, I'm a boat owner, baby. And that's the zone you want to get in. Is it all about feeling? It's fair to say that, but there's more because feelings need to trickle over into words and to behavior, into expectation, anticipation, into intention. It's all about the feeling. Will the universe give it to you? Yeah, you're the universe. You're going to give it to yourself. Don't be waiting. Don't be passive. Don't externalize your magnificence, embody it, embrace it. You can give it to yourself. This is the best news ever. Whatever your heart desires, create it here. Don't be discouraged by the gulf or the logistics or your logical mind telling you fat chance. And then start playing the part, whether it's self-realization, a million dollars, travel partner, Romeo, Juliet. It's a done deal if you can think about it here. You've given it to yourself. Now the worlds just need to blend. All that needs to happen is you continue to paint that picture, react, choose your, choose every fork in the road, uh, every thought you think, think based on the vision that you want and prepare to be astounded. Jumbo fellow adventurers, happy fry, yay, time for a spiritual tune-up, and this is going to be a juicy one. I've spoken about our nighttime dreams before, drawn parallels to the dream of here and now. In this spiritual tune-up, I'm going to try to put it all together for you. This is titled, The Shocking Truth About Your Nighttime Dreams. Mike, you say we give ourselves our nighttime dreams. Can you explain? Do nighttime dreams mean something? Are they sometimes filled with messages? Many times I dream of a specific person telling me things that I feel are true. The other night I had this really beautiful dream of white horses with wings flying toward my house. Does that mean something? I mean, personally, I have never thought of white flying horses, so how do they show up in my dream? Oh my gosh! This is the key, the key to the kingdom of your wildest dreams, understanding this. Dreams that we have at night are perhaps the absolute greatest metaphor for the dream of here and now, with one tiny exception. The metaphor idea is whacked. The here and now is just one more dream. And if you can understand your ability to control and direct and learn from and be joyful in your nighttime dreams, you can do the same with the dream of life. Life is not bedrock reality. Time and space as we know it, I meant to say, is not bedrock reality. Scientists, mainstream scientists tell us that nothing is solid. That if you get small enough, you can go right through it. It's all illusions. Einstein said, reality 
is merely a persistent illusion. He wasn't talking kind of, sort of. It's pure fantasy. It's an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. Einstein said that life, the here and now, meets every qualification that we ascribe to nighttime dreams. This that you're experiencing right now is pure fantasy. It is pure dream. But you think, no. You think, oh, wait a minute. You know, I'm looking outside and I don't even know what I'm going to see. And lo and behold, there's a, a dove in the bird feeder. There's a breeze blowing the, the leaves that are dancing in the sunlight. It's like, come on. This is too real to be a dream. This is exactly a reoccurring dream that I've had many times in my adult life for decades now. Midway through my nighttime dream, reflective of midway through many daytime dreams, I suddenly think, oh, this is a dream. Oh my God, I'm dreaming. Right now I'm in bed somewhere and right now I am waking up in a dream. And I get so excited. I'm like, oh my God, I'm awake in a dream. And then I don't know what to do. I'm like, okay, well, this is a dream. I'm 99% I'm sure this is a dream. But, oh, look, there's a bird in the bird feeder and there's a breeze. I didn't even know it was windy, but I can see those trees, leaves far away blowing. And there's a cloud going over and now there's shade. And I'm like, every single time in this recurring nighttime dream, I end up drawing the conclusion after the excitement wears off and I don't know what to do next. It can't be a dream. It can't be a dream because it's too real. It's too real. It's too real. And then my focus loses its grasp and I'm back, swallowed hook, line and sinker into the dream. And the next thing you know, hours have passed and I'm waking up in my bed and I'm like, it was a dream. It was a dream, but it was so real. Now, I've wondered what the heck that uh, brings that about, except I see it's such a reflection of me in my conscious waking life, wondering about the dream of life. And the same thing happens. I get so carried away in the drama. I get so spellbound by the magnificence by the unexpected. I didn't know there'd be a bird outside my window. I didn't know a cloud was about to pass by. These things are just happening without my control. And I lose my focus as I ponder and query and wonder about the nature of reality in the waking dream. The nighttime dream for me in that instance was a reflection of what I'm doing now, trying to understand the nature of reality my whole life long. And I'm not unique in this regard. We all wonder what the hell's going on. And it's normal to, to have dreams that will reflect. Dreams do many other things as well. We'll go there in just a minute. But here is one of the biggest takeaways. You know that in your nighttime dream, I'm not creating it. You know, as silly as they are, God's not creating it. There's not a God outside of you. We just talked about that the other day. There's you and there's more you. You are part of divine intelligence. And whatever you need in a dream, whether it's a reflective ability to see what's going on in your waking life, or maybe to re-examine a fork in the road to help you decide, maybe it's to hash out an argument, a debate, different perspectives with a friend or a, a frenemy, uh, whatever you need, your essence, your magnificence, your spirit, your soul, the totality of you, which is the totality of reality, is able to create a dream bubble so that you can enter that dream bubble and get it on. Learn, grow, adventure, struggle, argue, whatever. Here's the deal. The case I'm making is that you, you summoned, you wanted, you needed, you create every single one of your nighttime dreams for reasons that make perfect sense to you at some level. You create it. You don't deny that for one second, right? You are the architect of your dreams. But where do those birds come from? Where does the cloud come from? What about the breeze blowing distant leaves that are dancing in the sunlight? That's your dream. You created it. Have you noticed in most of your nighttime dreams, you're attached to the earth with gravity? You're a master of the gravitational pull. You're a master of photosynthesis. You've got a sun 
gazillion miles away, rotating around the earth in your nighttime dream. You're breathing in your nighttime dream. Your eyes are seeing, your ears are hearing, and you're creating it all. Hiding from yourself that you're creating it all so that you can get on with the business of the dream to learn, to grow, to argue, to assess the fork in the road, to see things from a different perspective. The point here is that if you're the creator, as I always say, you're the greater. And if you can realize you're the creator, you realize that you're in control and you can change the direction of your dream if you give yourself that prerogative. If you understand that it's about your focus. And then you can do this in the here and now. That's what this is all about. That's why thoughts become things. You don't have to know how you make the dream of the here and now come to be. Don't go down that, that rabbit hole. It's confusing. It's irrelevant. Your higher self knows how to spin a yarn, to spin a world. Literally, worlds are born in your nighttime dreams. And this world that you're now watching this spiritual tune-up or listening to this podcast on is also spun by you and other parts of you. I'm just another part of you. You're just another part of me. We're all one. This is one big reincarnational family. In the truest of senses, there's only you and more you. The point being, you create your nighttime dreams. Now, why did you have flying horses in your dream? You have to ask yourself because only you will know that. But perhaps they represent freedom. Perhaps they represent breaking convention. Perhaps they represent your creativity and your resourcefulness. Perhaps they, they represent it's time for you to fly. Perhaps they, you can go and connect some dots and you'll always find some kind of parallel to what's going on in your life. Sometimes a dream is just celebration. Sometimes a dream is getting down on your knees and crying. Sometimes a dream is whatever you can think of. And here's one of the things that I remember Seth said, dictated by the late Jane Roberts. She channeled Seth that it does not matter whether or not you remember your nighttime dreams, that you had them, their work was done. Your objectives were fulfilled. Your life will be enriched. And much of that pertains to the here and now. Do you need to know how you create the birds and the bees? Do you need to know how you put the sun in the sky? No. Look, that's child's play from where you came from. You are the eyes and the ears of the divine. Worlds are born every single day, wherever you go. That's not important. What's important is being in that world. And then experiencing the love, stretching, dreaming, discovering your power. Why? Because it's so cool and because it's so much fun and because there's nothing you can't do if you give yourself permission to dream, if you lean into it, if you connect these dots, if you wonder as I've been wondering, if you wonder as you wonder and wonder with a knowingness that the truth exists and you shall be enlightened, knock and it will be answered and all of those other great parables. So the point here is our nighttime dreams are not just metaphors for the here and now. They're just an example of the here and now. And if you can get, as you already did in this spiritual tune-up, that you are the creator of your nighttime dreams, then you can get you're the creator of this dream. You can call yourself a co-creator if that makes you feel a little, a little less uh, uh, vulnerable or a little less uh, braggadocious. Um, you're a co-creator of the sun, the moon, and the stars that we're all sharing right now, but you're the sole creator of your adventure. You're the sole creator of your joy. You're the sole creator of your health or its return. You're the sole creator of your abundance or its arrival. You can do this if you can dream it and you can stay consistent with the dream and you can speak it and you can move with it and prepare the way. Everything changes. Now, I have not had the dream yet at night where I'm walking around and I'm consciously directing it. I know it's possible. But you and I have both had that experience in waking life where we've directed it, where we've made stuff happen. You're doing it already. And so it's not even important about mastering your nighttime dream. It's important to master this dream by beginning with the realization that you know you are dreaming. It's all a dream. And what you don't like, you can change. And, and what pokes you, you can, 
You can make it stop poking you. Whatever you want, you can have. Whatever you want. This is just a dream. Whatever you want. Creativity, friends, enlightenment, self-realization, joy, clarity, optimism, dancing, celebrating, whatever you want, there are no limits. And you have shown this to yourself in the dream of here and now. So work this dream, wake up in this dream, and then you'll start waking up in the other dream. Direct this dream and you'll wake, you'll start directing your nighttime dreams. Could it be any more exciting? Could it be any more fun? Could you be any more blessed? Could you be any more powerful? The answer is absolutely not. Not in a million, billion, trillion years could you be more powerful than you are in this very instant. Simmer in that. Soak it up. Look for little sparks. Find the evidence from your past. See the evidence in your present. Start shaping the evidence for your future. You totally got this. You're loved and adored in this love bubble called planet Earth. We're, we're all just walking each other home, as Ram Dass so famously said. There you have it, fellow podcast listener. Now, let's stay in the zone. If you haven't already, please visit my website, tut.com, where you can sign up, along with one million other subscribers, for my free daily notes from the universe. You can also find out about my Infinite Possibility membership for a price you choose Every single Tuesday, I do a live broadcast, a 30-minute mini manifesting workshop. Members have access to the last 52 mini manifesting workshops, so check it out. And if you have a moment and these podcasts move you, I would be deeply grateful for a review at the Apple Podcast platform. Go to tut.com, look for spiritual tune-ups, look for the link for podcast. If you send us a screen grab of your published review at Apple, we've got a very special bonus waiting for you. Check out the links, read all about it. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you on the next podcast installment.